You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hi, this is the illustrious. Shut up, shut up. We don't have time for that. (laughs) Get into it. Go, go, go. I've been a little low. No introductions. Let's go. We got Larry Homer to talk about. (laughs) Hey, do it. It's a banner day. Sorry, I feel bad now. (laughs) Episode number 49. (laughs) It's a banner day for us. (laughs) Historical things have happened. The world is burning while we rise above. With justice from our mouth. Or what was what was this saying last justice week? Justice for your mouth. <laughs> no, uh, you know, our imaginary friend of the show, Larry Hama, who we bring up quite a bit, shared a Kapow post on Facebook. He is no longer an imaginary friend of the show. He is now Larry Hama, comma, aware of the show. I like Larry Hama, comma. <laughs> that's, that's the best part. It was very exciting. Michael found the news today in the middle of Kroger's and had to scream out in joy and everyone look at him like, what are you doing? I'm like, I love Cheez-Its, man. Leave me alone. Yeah, so Jordan made a, a Facebook video the other day all about what we were, kind of what we were talking back about a few episodes ago with Logan and Larry Hama's run with was it Wolverine or was it? Yeah, Wolverine. Yeah. And uh, just showing some of the Very back informative issues. video. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. We all learned something. And then got that- shared on Facebook. Tagged Larry Hama. <laughs> he shared it. So he approved it, apparently. Well, that that was something. That was quite a way to make my day. And it also make me super self-conscious now. Right. Oh, making yeah. these videos. Like, who's going to be out there watching? What that's celebrity is going to be judging? That's the first one. Yeah. There's, there, we even have the conspiracy theory that Rob Liefeld will also watch this. <laughs> yeah, we caught it. I just caught it. Because I had my Mr. Miyagi action figure there, and I happened to just say, welcome to my dojo. I thought, oh, that's a good name for this. It's the comic dojo with Sensei Jordan. And then Rob Liefeld started posting videos about his comic dojo. <laughs> How uh, convenient. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know how we top this. But yeah, I hope I hope these little videos were kind of informative. They just get a little, dig a little deeper into some of the topics we talk about here if you're interested. So if you have an idea for one, something you want to hear us talk about, you know, let us know for sure. But I definitely want to see all your boxes pulled out. I want something you got to go like <laughs> up on a ladder for. You're like, and this the big climax. No, I did think I talked about the character LCD, mm-hmm. and I said I think Jordan needs a character named OCD. <laughs> yeah, you can see how my comics are organized and how perfectly, uh, how perfectly they're all set up there. I'm sure it's nothing like Michael K. Easton's comic book collection. <laughs> It's a landfill. (laughs) Organized chaos, just like the rest of my life. So yeah, we're going places. If you are with us now, you're on the ground floor, because this rocket ship is taking off. Right. 
Hey, did we, we didn't discuss this off air <laughs> in the last couple of days, but are, are we announcing the big prize we're going to be giving out here? Sure. For the what next episode? Yeah, yeah, next episode. Yeah. So, so they got is, a, a week. Yeah, this is episode 49, and next week is going to mark, we'll record Friday night, it'll be episode 50, and also um, we'll be celebrating our one year anniversary of the show, too. So they both fell on the same week. So we figured we'd do a giveaway contest. Yep. What do you guys come up with? The, the t-shirt. Yeah. The kapows. Yeah. The, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, you're doing a good job. Keep going. <laughs> the, what's the shirt say? I designed it. <laughs> it says, I'm a Jesse. Uh, it's kind of in the Dr. Pepper logo. Legally shirt. speaking, yeah. a parody of yeah, right. parody, parody, parody. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you for sure you can order them. If you get our Facebook page. Michael mm-hmm. put a post earlier this week. It's pinned to the top. It's not okay. moving. Yeah, you go in there. You could order a shirt, you know. And but this week we're gonna have a contest where we will put a post on there about it. And if you share it, we're just gonna yeah. If you share it, we'll keep track of everybody that shared it, and you are entered in the contest. So. Yeah, we'll just randomly yeah. choose a name, and you'll you'll get to proudly wear your shirt, exposing yourself as a Jesse. <laughs> And if you don't win, you can go to our Facebook page and, and just buy one. And just buy one. <laughs> and you can be just as cool. So that sounds great. So we'll put that on there, share it, and you're entered in the contest. You can win a shirt. What is going on? Did you not lock the door, Michael? Aren't you closed? Guys, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to interrupt your podcast, but I got to come in here. I got to tell you guys about something. It's it's late late breaking news, man. It's justice for Brad's wife. I got to tell you guys, we're we're the world is breaking. My, I got to tell you, Crackle Barrel is my favorite restaurant, and I just love them to death. But they fired they fired Brad's wife on his birthday, and I'm just so up in arms. Ronald, I'm, Ronald, Ronald, take a breath. <sighs> Okay, Ronald P. Tramp has arrived to the podcast. We haven't seen you in a while, Ronald. I've been fighting them demons What's and aliens. <laughs> <laughs> what has got you riled up tonight, Ronald? Okay, let me take a deep breath here. I'm really sorry. I was talking a little fast. might be too fast for you city folk. <laughs> but I see, Crackle Barrel is my favorite restaurant of all time. I eat there at least three times a week. But I, I was I was on that internet searching for them spies, and I found that they fired Brad's wife on his birthday with no reason. Who's and Brad? Who's Brad? You have you guys not heard about? Have this? you guys not heard about this? No, <laughs> don't know. It's justice for Brad. <laughs> <on> his wiggling. <laughs> this is. Yeah. Oh, tinfoil hat at home. Yeah. Someone post. Someone named Brad something something posted to. His local Cracker Barrel <laughs> Facebook page. Oh, Cracker Barrel. About his wife who has worked there for 11 years and they let her go. Right. And he posted to their page, he wants to know why and on his birthday so much. And, <laughs> and, and they didn't even tell him why, why she let go. She, they just fired her. Right. So, and sometimes when the internet is a beautiful, magical place, people have taken up this cause and now everything <laughs> Cracker Barrel posts 
Like, hey, we have new pancake recipes. Like, Brad's wife cooked them better. (laughs) So every comment, you know, justice for Brad's wife is now a hashtag. It's kind of amazing. So I just want to let you guys know, because I know you have this really big reach with the fans out there, and I just want them to know, justice for Brad's Brad's wife, I got to leave, I got a demon in my trunk, and I got to go exercise it. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) Was there an earlier story with Ronald? I I wish I could have asked him while he was here. What are these demons? <laughs> what I feel like we've missed a chunk of Ronald's, yeah. Ronald's uh, saga. Is there a lost here? episode somewhere where it, it, it's hard to tell. Ronald's all over the place. It's he was telling me there was some kind of uh, deal made with demons and aliens, and that's what's really going on. Like it's, I mean, when he's de- he said he wanted to come on here sometime and tell you guys all about it, but I said I'd have to discuss it with you guys first. But there's something about like 12 alien species, and there, there's three demon species, and and I don't know if they're from other dimensions. As but- I've said before, I still promote the fact that if you need to have one of these discussions, it should be just one on one. You and him. I think Ronald's been hanging out with George Lucas a little too much now. <laughs> Uh, wow. So, glad we made it through that. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really want to buy our of, t-shirts now. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. It's like, I've just, I've seen today, like, uh, somewhere, a, a Chick-fil-A out on their billboard put now hiring Brad's wife. Like, <laughs> everyone, everyone is trolling these guys. It's awesome. Wow, I missed that. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm deep into it. Apparently <laughs> there's some layer hidden in there. Just go online and hashtag justice for Brad's wife and you'll... That's all right. I think I got all I need right there. <laughs> what, uh, what, do you, what do you guys want to talk about? You said you had a bunch of comic stuff. Let's just, just comic it up. Okay. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I was hurried back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, Okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, hey, <laughs> roll right into comics. that. <laughs> I don't know how to. Well, I don't know how to segue into uh, the passing of Bernie Wrightson. Oh okay, tell us. Let's do some is. wacky characters and talk about Bernie Wrightson. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like co-creator of Swamp Thing, uh, horror artist extraordinaire Bernie Wrightson passed away last week. Um, one of the most influential artists. Of this generation, he hasn't done a lot of you know monthly stuff here lately. But you know he uh, definitely anyone working in that genre, you know, throughout the last couple of years, I'm sure is influenced by his stuff. Um, and I I remember I got one of the trades of the original Swamp Thing. Like he he drew the first ten issues, and going through reading it, I was looking at it and thinking like. This looks exactly like Vertigo art from the 90s. It looked exactly like uh, Sandman. You know, he, they had Cain and Abel or House of Mystery, House of Secrets, uh-huh. all that stuff. He was drawn back in the 70s. It's exactly how they were drawing it in the 90s. And I thought, wow, he was either really influential to the guys in the 90s, or he was 20 years ahead of his time, or both. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know the art well enough to right. to know which it was, but. Yeah, definitely a towering figure in the world of comics. And uh, speaking of Swamp Thing, Man Thing, 
Michael, he's looking at you. Man thing. <laughs> Man thing. <laughs> there's any 90s kids out there, you might remember a little author named R.L. Stein. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Goosebumps. He's writing comics now, doing a five-issue Man Thing miniseries. That is just one of those characters I would just think would be the hard, one of the hardest characters to write for. It's weird. They've because he doesn't talk. He doesn't have like he he's he even had a low budget movie made after him. He did well. That's kind of what the uh, the miniseries is about. They've kind of changed a little bit, but he's he's kind of washed up in Hollywood in the Marvel universe. He was the actual man thing was that it wasn't an actor playing him or whatever. So. He gets like drummed out of Hollywood, and he has to go on a you know a road trip or something. It it's definitely a different take on things, but mm. I don't know. Any of these Goosebumps fans who have maybe grown up might find some interest in that one. And uh, yeah, we uh, oh boy, the I just saw a little bit ago the uh, San Diego Comic Con. If this isn't a perfect metaphor, they uh, in San Diego there was a park where they had the Hall of Champions. Uh, Hall of Fame for San Diego sports, and the Comic Con just bought it out. So the the nerd comic people have kicked out all these sporty jock people, and they're turning it into the Comic Con Center for Popular Culture. So it's going to be a permanent museum for comics and nerdy stuff right hmm. there, adjacent to wherever they have the big Comic Con. And they said it'll be year a year round. You know, Comic Con's only a weekend, but this will be a year round. I'm almost speech, speechless. Are you saying nerds have trumped jocks? In San Diego, at least. Wow. Uh, we've also had a, a new comic distributor. I saw headlines of that all over last week. Someone's gonna rival Diamond. Someone, uh, Emerald City Distribution. But apparently they're just an independent, like, wholesaler. And their pitch is, like, you know, we'll bundle a bunch of indie comics around and get them to different shops, but just in this region. So, that you know, they're not going to have, you know, Diamond has an, you know, exclusive contract with Marvel and DC, all the top mm-hmm. people. So this is just a smaller company to get, you know, if you're an indie creator, instead of driving to every comic shop in the region and trying to, Sell them your wares. You can. It's more like a co-op kind of thing. You can team together and try to do it through these guys. So definitely not going to rival Diamond, but I don't know. It might be a step in the right direction. That sounds similar to what several companies have tried to do over the years, um, and no one has successfully cracked the formula to make it work. Uh, there was cold cut distribution back in I think the nineties and. Um, and I think they were bought by another, but there's, I, I've seen a couple people talking on Facebook about different ways of trying to crack that diamond code. Yeah, I don't see it happening anytime soon because indie comics are like too volatile and too, they don't come out regularly. The audience is very small and selective. So yeah, it would be very hard to, to be able to do that. Even after Diamond cut most of them out of the catalog a couple of years ago, they had stricter limits on you had to sell so many books and you had to go through a stricter uh, you know, policy to get into the Diamond catalog. And there was nobody right there waiting right then to jump in and start an indie distribution. So, I don't know. I, with, with the internet now and being able to do everything digitally, I, I, don't, I don't know that anybody will be able to do it. Um... We 
also had uh, some eBay speculation for some. Uh, what is that? Wolverine thirty two going up to? Oh, after my video went viral, yeah. I mean, <laughs> everywhere it's gonna be. <clears throat> Did you ever read Quantum and Woody back yep. in the day? They were like the buddy cop. Yeah, Christopher Priest and M.D. Bright. It was a valiant book, kind of a buddy comedy. Uh, apparently the Russo brothers are turning it into a TV pilot. I don't know if we have that anywhere in our TV yep. news yep. later. But I saw people everywhere throwing those things on eBay, like <laughs> trying to cash in on those. They've been dollar quarter bin kind of books forever, but all of a sudden Quantum and Woody are the hot new things. No, I'm trying yeah, to... The, well, they also... Rooster Brothers struck a deal with the guys that made Swiss Army Man. Ooh. I saw something about that. Yeah, so they were going to do something. They're going to do a space movie. Is it space race to Uranus? Yeah, let's see what was. It? <laughs> I was trying to think. Yeah, it was like uh, still in name film. It's not supposed to be a remake or a re- reboot of anything, but it was the Russos producing this, made by these guys. Did Swiss Army Man? What would the name of that movie be, Michael? Um, s- Mars <laughs> Space Army Man. <laughs> I don't know. Super Saiyan. I don't know. That's kind of, oh. Get back. At well, me. well, you workshop that. <laughs> okay. Good, carry on. All right. We uh, let's see. We had a. Uh, we wrapped up Unworthy Thor, which we talked about. Couple times on the show. What were the words? I don't want to spoil the words. <laughs> spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Now, mainly it. because you would say, "What does that mean?" Right. Like yeah. it, it harkens back. You know, Jason Aaron's been on this book for a long time, right? So it's not anything that just looking at it, you'd be like, "Whoa!" Yeah, it kind of refers back to continuity from earlier stories, and yeah, it's yes. We're talking about what did Nick Fury whisper to Thor that made him unworthy and he could no longer lift the hammer. And it was three words. And if I tell you the three words, I'd have to spend a thousand words explaining what the three <laughs> words mean. So it's not, yeah, it's not something that's going to, you know, but blare okay. out. My question is when people read it, did they know, did readers know what the heck they were I did. About? I thought, oh, okay. It wasn't, I said, it didn't knock my socks off. It wasn't completely out of left field. It wasn't something. Oh, he must have been playing this for a decade and right. put all these clues. Yeah. Like it was just like, okay, that makes sense, and it was it was good enough for me. Okay, yeah, it, yeah, it, it didn't wow me, but it also I didn't say, now wait, come on. <laughs> but you the, heard it, true believers, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all you can hope for. But the big thing, I think, the takeaway from that one, because the main idea of it was, you know, the ultimate universe has been destroyed during this whole secret wars thing. But Ultimate Thor's hammer survived. So the Collector basically had, you know, from Guardians of the Galaxy, we all know that character now, the Collector. Yep. He, uh, he had the Thor, in, or the hammer in his possession, but couldn't lift it. So, and these people, Thanos was trying to get to it to take it, you know, as his prize or whatever, but, uh, Thor thought, oh, I could pick up that hammer and I could be Thor again. And then when he gets there, he realizes it's not my, it's not my hammer. This is some other Thor's hammer. Even if he's dead, I can't take this other hammer. So it ends, basically he still doesn't have a hammer and the ultimate hammer's still out there. And there's a tease at the end about the coming of War Thor. 
Ooh. So there's a, a new <laughs> Thor, have, Thor, 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 Thor. <laughs> we have a mighty Thor who's Jane Foster. We have an unworthy Thor who's the Odin son. And there's the coming of some third Thor now called the War Thor. Where's Thunderstrike in all this? Uh, he has been written out. So, <laughs> so beware. War Thor is on his way. <laughs> Whatever that might mean, nobody knows. Uh, we've got some upcoming little peaks. Uh, I shared the link about Dark Days, the DC event that's coming up. This was, they've been teasing, you know, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo did most of the run of New 52 for Batman. And as soon as they stopped, everyone's like, what's your next project? What are you working on next? And people seem to think this might be it because Scott Snyder is writing it. And it's gonna, they've already confirmed Jim Lee, Andy Cooper, John Romita Jr. And they put out one piece of art so far and it's this weird post-apocalyptic Batman robot thing with flames everywhere. It's, it's, no one knows what it is, but they say they're gonna be two one-shots. Dark Days The Forge on June 14th and Dark Days The Casting on July 12th. So it sounds kind of ominous, kind of mm-hmm. kind of metal. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a yeah, a heavy metal album. But they people seem to think this will be you know Capullo will be working on this as well. So this is the next big DC crossover event kind of thing. But not to be outdone, Marvel has their mm-hmm. own Secret Empires coming up, and you've been reading Captain America, right? I have the last. Couple issues, but I haven't okay. read them. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> I just, are you, are you put Secret Empire on your pull list? Oh yeah. Right? So yeah. are you, are you excited or are you just like obligated? Uh, I, you just want to keep up? Or, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to not get it. And you know, it's okay. an event that involves my guy. So I, I don't want to say obligated. I will, I do want to read it. So. Okay. So this so is. Seth also says good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are now in a good enough level. Yeah. Yeah. This, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> Larry, I thought our video was good enough. <laughs> so we've had our first kind of hints at that. This is, you know, Captain America as a Hydra agent. I'm still not sure. Was he always? Does he in his mind? Does he think he's always been a Hydra agent, or has the Cosmic Cube? He literally has always been a Hydra agent. I don't know how that works. I okay. was hoping you were going to. Okay, have me. they not really explained? Uh, it? I mean, they may have, like okay. I said in the last couple issues, but. It has always just felt very, okay. I don't know what, okay. how you're supposed to take it. Like, okay. has everything been changed forever in the past or did they just, are they just making it look like it happened? But they're sh- they show things that happened in the past. Okay. I guess you're supposed to assume they happened now, but. The uh, ultimate sleeper I've agent. never, yeah, I've never been able to understand how that affected all those stories, how it's supposed to have affected the past. Yeah. So that is the current reality is that, you know, Steve Rogers is a sleeper Hydra agent and putting into place all these uh, plot lines for Hydra to take over the world. So Amazing Spider-Man 25 just came out, which is the big 999 issue, big anniversary issue. Side note. Uh, <laughs> Not good enough. <laughs> now, side note. Uh, it featured a story from a young woman named Hannah Blumenreich. Who in 2008 answered a digital webbing one ad I put out looking for artists and was going to draw Bluff Creek, the comic I'm working on. And she drew a couple sketches of Bigfoot 
sent them to me. We agreed to a price per page, and I never saw her again until <laughs> she was in the pages of Spider-Man. So, <laughs> yeah, she was like an art student back then and was like, oh, I love animals. This could be fun to do. And like so many comic books never, it never came to fruition. I don't, I don't have any hard feelings. I don't blame her. That's happened to me more times than I can count, but hey. Uh, Usually so, it's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I know where to find her. Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw her name in the credits when this was solicited and I had to double check, but she's gained some notoriety. She does a lot of web comics and she's done these series. Basically, Peter Parker, you know, him and his aunt going sweater shopping or, you know, these cute little slice of life stories where he's out, out of the costume and they're actually really good. And this short story she had in this book, uh, Peter, a younger, we're back in high school days, he finds a dog and he wants to keep it and Aunt May won't let him because the lease says they can't have pets. And it's, he's like, oh, Aunt May, you know, <laughs> so, but it was, it was really well done. The art was amazing. So anyway, sidebar back. Uh, yeah, so that one ended. There was basically almost an after credit sequence in this comic. They did the, the letters column. And then you keep flipping pages like, wait, there's more to this story. And they revealed what Doc Ock has been up to. Who, after this whole clone conspiracy thing, he's in a new body now. I forget what they called it. The the Alpha Clone or the Prime Clone or something. So he basically, again, it's Doc Ock's brain in a body as fit and young and handsome as, as Peter Parker. And they revealed, he went back to one of his bases to get some extra arms, his octopus arms, and Hydra was there. And they talked him into working together. So this is kind of the first building block mm. of that secret empire. And the big splash page that ended it was Dr. Octopus in this a similar costume to his original, but with a Hydra color scheme. And the Hydra logo on his chest with the extra arms, like octopus arms right. coming out of yeah. it. Yeah. That's cool. And he, he said, yo, now and forevermore, I am the superior octopus. Yeah. <laughs> I just laughed. Right. Like, it just made me laugh. Yeah. It was so silly. Not a bad issue, but I, it was not a good way to start Secret Empire. Like, <laughs> this kind of, uh, silly, uh, the name's not good. Right. The costume's not great. But that's been, they've been teasing some of these different villains that are going to be involved with Hydra, and I guess Doc Ock is the first one. So that, that left a bad taste in my mouth. But this week, I got to actually read Secret Empire Zero, Diamond Set Retailers, oh, a, a PDF copy. Because orders are due next week, so like, please order some more. Here, read it. Right. And it was actually good. I can't, I can't share with anyone because my, my diamond code. Alright, hold him down! <laughs> well, my diamond code was plastered over every inch of every page to make sure it wouldn't get pirated. Like, they, yeah. if it gets out leaked, they're gonna know exactly which, which account number right. leaked. Hey, it. I got Photoshop. <laughs> no, they put it every, three <laughs> different colors in the background, the foreground, like covering literally every square inch of the page was all my numbers. But it was, it was actually good. It set up what, but, Again, tempered Marvel does that a lot where they start things really. Oh, they like, could start. Yeah, Civil no. War two started great. Yeah. And then by the end, but so I. They're I, on to the next thing. Yeah. So yeah, the, it, I was impressed with the zero issue. I'm looking forward to the story and I, I don't, I don't love the idea of Cat being evil, but I, the story paid it off in a pretty good way. Cool. So I'm excited. When's that come out? 
uh, free comic book day. There's a, oh, okay. there's a zero. It's like a prequel one, issue or some, some kind of something. So it is, it is very soon. And the only other comic thing I wanted to talk about, Superman Reborn. We just had a four issue crossover between action comics and Superman comics. And over here sweating, waiting for you to talk about it. Yes. And it basically... He does one video and he just hijacks the podcast. <laughs> I thought this was my show. <laughs> I bring Larry Hobbit to the table. <laughs> I told you I had a lot of comic news. I got a lot to get out. But yes, we have basically now ended the new 52 and changed continuity. So I wanted to know what... I Michael read this story and I wanted his opinion on... This complex DC continuity we've kind of erased in the chain. So what do you think, Mike? Well, I don't know how much I'm giving away here with this story, but it was a retail, it was weird because they went back and referenced Superman Red and Superman Blue. And this story was centered around Superman forgetting about his best pal, Mitzelplex. And like, it was a very well-crafted story that made everything that has happened in the new 52 up to rebirth all make perfect sense. Like whatever pseudoscience you want to work, like it told a great story and I think I don't I don't know how much you want to give away about the story. I don't if I don't think people care too much, but like just well, a little a little <laughs> <laughs> Would you care if somebody told you what was going on? Just a so, little so spoil it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. A little background <laughs> info on it. Uh when the new fifty two was wrapping up, they killed off that version of Superman. And now we have the Superman basically pre crisis Superman who is married to Lois and has a baby named John. But before don't call him baby. Call him super. Well, he's a super boy now. He's super baby. Uh, and then soon afterwards, a Clark Kent showed up. And nobody knew who it was. So this kind of explains why hey, there was a Clark Kent. Clark Kent was a <laughs> You can bleep that out later. <laughs> so yeah, it turns out this Clark Kent that was there was actually Mr. Mixius Pidelic. Changing reality and messing with things. So, ba- is that what you took from the story? He basically fused the two realities together, or somehow. The way that I understood it was the who's the gentleman in the green that's outside the universe, Mister Oz. Mister Oz. Yeah, okay, we, that's the one we don't know. So some kind of Mister Oz connection. took Mitzelplik off the board because he was his magic magic was too erratic and too unpredictable. So he locked him up and. Mitsopitalix was upset because Superman never came to save him. So he finds a way to break out of it, and he was scared of Mr. Oz, so he thought everyone knew Superman was Clark Kent, so he pulled the ultimate whammy of tricking himself into believing he was Clark Kent. Yeah, so he wasn't trying to put one over. He actually thought he was... And he was actually just hiding out from... Sorry, guys. Uh, he was hiding out from Mr. Oz, too. But with the introduction of the other Superman, there was all this stuff in play. And because the way that I understood it was Mr. Oz or Dr. Oz or Captain Oz, like whatever they did, they altered reality. And they Dr. took Oz. they took the hope 
and aspirations that make heroes heroes out of the new 52 world. And that's why he was able to come in, like, saying it sounds kind of confusing, (laughs) but basically... Reading it was kind of confusing. The old Superman was Superman Blue. The new 52 Superman was Superman Red. They were part of a whole, and by the end of it, they combine and they're back to being whole again. And it had, Superman started it all, so he had ratifications throughout the whole universe to make what has, everything that had gone before and whatever universe you wanted. Right. Made sense. Yeah, because there were a couple of splash pages that showed you know, him with the Justice League or with the Legion or the death of Superman. Like, we're spanning Superman's whole history here, and now it's back to one continuity, right? Thanks to uh, Hat of Purple or how pur- like Purple Hat. How do we say it backwards? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a backup story. <laughs> That's in the story. That's legitimate. Had a it purple? Was, yeah. uh, how do you say purple hat backwards? Uh, but yeah, jo- uh, Superman would tell his son stories about Mixelplick, uh-huh. you know, bedtime stories, and okay. they called him Purple Hat. Man. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, so the Do 52 is no more. It's dead. Good riddance. And we are into the rebirth world. We still don't know what the Watchmen had to do with any of it, but... So where's that lenticular or... cover we were supposed to do? What? That's coming. coming soon. Okay. So which Superman do we have now? The one in the original. Okay. No collar? No collar. No collar. They even melded the costume. Yes. Yeah. That's how he got his red boots back. That yeah. was cute. There was a little thing where John was like, I like and your damn boots. red boots are... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Red boots make the world go round. <laughs> cool. That was a lot of good stuff. Too much stuff. I think Larry Hama would have liked it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have said it was good enough. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> good enough, guys. So, let's do some streaming. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Islands in the the streams. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. Cross the streams. Heat them up. Um, first off, I shared the other day about that train to Busan. Yes. Have you seen that, Michael? I think you would like I w- like. I almost watched it today, but instead almost. I got caught up on Legends. Okay. Me well, too. we're going to talk about that in a minute. But the... Anyway, it's a it's a zombie movie. It's set. In, the trailer looked really it's good. It's good. It's I mean, like I said on there, it's a it's a tired genre, <laughs> but but these guys, I really liked what they did with it. I mean, it's fat. You're talking about fast zombies like World War Z. It's, yeah, it's got a lot of that to it. But how do we like, make zombies better? Captions. Captions, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a sucker for captions. Yes, this is this is not in English, but. It's just got that, it's, there's something special about these foreign made movies. They have, it's just like, almost a little creepier sometimes, but this is, this is good. Like, like let's, let's not put that on the poster. This guy has creeped out by foreigners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, but the, but it's like set, set in South Korea, there's some sort of zombie virus and the, um, there, people are on a train from Seoul to Busan. And you know it's weather. You know it's like 
the virus gets on the train and what they do about it. But it's, it's really, I thought it was really good. Like it rocketed up my list of movies for last year. It didn't make the top 10, but it was. Instead of snakes on a plane and zombies on a train. Yeah, I thought it was good. Anyway, and. That's a good tagline. Yeah. I like yeah, it. See, there you go. Um, you see the show. Oh, when you Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chappelle's got two new specials on Netflix. That's I watched them both. So did I. I watched one of them. Yeah. I got one down. Oh, the other one is just as good. They're equally good. I saw him in Columbus many years ago. Yeah. yeah. Back when he was skinny and he wasn't all ripped like he is now. <laughs> Jeez. He's the one a big I, dude now. The one I watched was where he talked about meeting O.J. Simpson four yeah. times. That's the, yeah, that's the first one. And these are just comedy specials. Yep. Just two. Not one a, hour. Not a skit show. No, these nope. are... No, right, right, correct. These are these are both one-hour comedies, things that he did. Once one in Austin, and one where, where was the first one? I'm trying, I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know, but they they were both good. Definitely worth. Oh, watching. I was in Los Angeles or something. If you like Chappelle, these were good. And he is, yeah, he's as good as he ever was. Like yeah. his delivery and the way he kind of pauses where you think you know what he's gonna say, and then he throws something <laughs> else out there, and it's yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, did you guys have anything else to say about Iron Fist? I, did you get any further in it? I finished it. I'm okay. a little further, but I'm not completely done with it yet. Okay. Any update on that, Michael? I really enjoyed it. I think the problem that some people might have is some of the actors other than Iron Fist shined a little bit more. Like the character Ward. Like you... And, and I think that's the problem with this story is it's not really centered on him as the main character. Like it, it feels like a very ensemble cast show mm-hmm. and you get to see a lot of these characters grow over this time of him basically interrupting everyone's lives and the fallout from it. Uh, I, I do. There is one character that shows up. Like towards the end that they give you kind of um, a little, you can, you can easily being a long term, long term Marvel fan know who it's going to be. So I, you, I only watched like some of one episode, but I just can't get into, I, I know you just have long, my problem with these, you have to invest so much time in them. I, the beauty of these Netflix shows was always, was we've discussed before, the shows should be able to be as long as it needs to be. To get the story done, and instead, they all these Marvel series are thirteen episodes, just too long for one story. Well, I think the, the, that's they haven't adapted that yet. I mean, the, I mean Daredevil it, came I, out what two couple years ago. I mean, it was kind of before they were doing this right. stuff. So. Yeah, I, I get that it's they're dealing with Marvel, so they're they're in a more structured contract. Here is what you're getting, yeah. but. It's just my opinion that I, I end up never finishing most of those series because after seven or eight episodes, which is the length that it should be, mm-hmm. I'm done. Because there's been a couple dead episodes in there somewhere where they've stretched it out. And, you know, they can only put so much in there. And I like in like the first 20 minutes of this first episode <laughs> was like something that really annoyed me. They got, they, he's like sitting there with a homeless guy and he shows him his, <laughs> He, they have somebody else's phone or whatever. They're yeah. looking stuff up. And he's like, well, look up Rand or, or whatever. Yeah. Look it up. And they're supposed to have like Googled it or whatever. And it, they're in the photos app. 
Like, great attention to detail, guys. It says right on there, you know, it's your photos. I'm like, okay, I give. <laughs> I was already signing out, whatever. Mystical flying fists, he's down for. But. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, just I, don't, I don't like when people, they have these, throw all this money at things and they can't, like, somebody didn't do their job. But I, I, there was, like, all the controversy, of course, we've talked yeah. about, but I'd liked what, uh, I think it was Kurt Busiek had to say about it. He was like basically saying that, yes, it kind of sticks out that he's white doing an, an Asian thing and what, however you fall on that. But he said back when he came out, we all, he was one of many Kung Fu characters. And so it was an oddball thing that he was like that. Shang-Chi was still the baddest guy out there and you knew, Shut your mouth. you knew Shang-Chi would kick his butt. And so it was just, was a different thing, and we have. This is you have nothing to compare him to. He is in you know by himself. There you know, so it sticks out more that he's not an Asian character, I guess. Anyway, we don't need to go on about it unless you have thoughts. Well, just that the series deals with the hand just as much as like Daredevil did. So there's a great connection with some of the characters, like the. Um, Oh, I forget her name, but Madam, she showed up in the, um. Madam Gao? Yeah, Madam Gao, that showed up in the, uh, Daredevil series shows up and you get to see a lot more now, of her character. In Daredevil, like, the hand was a little. More ninja Yes. Well, here's the pro, here's the, uh, this is the one problem I feel like Iron Fist has for me is the fight choreography was way better in Daredevil versus it this. Was, it was. Better. Oh, they, that's people I, have been complaining about that because they it's slower. And they said that they only had fit like 15 minutes to practice the fight before they would film it. Yeah. Give me a break. No wonder it's not good. Yeah, it, 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 it's it was like, obviously rushed a lot more. But, you feel like they needed to speed the track up to make it look like their their right. fighting style was way faster. Than, they did it in other. Yeah. I mean, that first episode, the little bit I saw, they'd speed up things like mm-hmm. him jumping up onto a rail. Yeah, speed it up. Yeah, you know, it's like really obvious and annoying. But <laughs> but it's like if you're not going to put the time in, yeah. I just feel like they really didn't. Put a lot of Is that like it. having to hit a deadline before Defenders yeah, comes out? I guess, like, maybe. I think that's what they're running into. Now, there was a scene where Iron Fist fights like the drunken master Yes, character. that was good. And that was really yeah, good. That was yeah. a good fight. It was yes. very entertaining and fit right in. Like I was like, oh, why can't they all be like this? Yes. Um, but there was overall, not enough ninjas. No, there wasn't. There, there just wasn't enough. Uh, I kind of felt like the hand kind of lost some of their credibility there as a, as a whole in the story. So, but I still overall, I really enjoyed it, and it's really interesting who he ends up fighting in the very end. It's like the whole last episode. It's nothing like you think it's going to be. So it throws mm-hmm. a couple loops, loops there, and where it ends up, and how the story continues. Now, does this cliffhanger into what the Defenders is going to be, or does it kind of wrap up, and the Defenders will be a whole new story? It ends with him deciding what his next stage was going to be. Like it doesn't. So it's not vital to have seen this to know what the defenders. No. No. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Yes. Um, anything else streaming? Uh, I got caught up on Legends via CW. I guess that's TV. That's TV. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, 
Streaming, streaming, streaming. Oh, I started watching the worst best thing that could happen to me or something like that. Sure, you've got it right. Yeah, of course. But it's all about a musical. Like, it's a documentary. It's like the best worst thing that ever happened or something like that. But this guy that was a young actor and, and I don't know anybody in this at all because they're talking about these, these famous musical writers from the 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to the history of the actors that were in it and stuff. And I just, I just started watching it. It just looked really interesting for uh, surely anyone that likes musicals would probably love this movie a lot. Bunch of people I've never heard of and a thing I know nothing about. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you interested? Uh, What's it on? Is it Netflix? Yeah. No. Best worst thing that ever could have happened. I wasn't too far off. Documentary. 2016. Tom, what it's about? Is there a little movie description? (laughs) That's all I got. Okay. Okay. TV! You have failed this city. Run. Marvel and DC on TV. I am Supergirl. What's your name, darling? Agent. <laughs> Back to Legends. <laughs> Not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, streaming did, streaming uh, fizzle. Look at TV here. You guys want to talk about your shows? Well, I got caught up on Legends just because of the preview that I keep seeing. Referencing the greatest Super Friends episode of all time when the Legion of Doom goes back in time and messes with the Super Friends origins. Oh. That was a good episode. I yeah. Remember. It's the best episode ever. Well, before we get there, oh. we didn't talk about the episode before that in which involved uh, NASA and Apollo 13. Bang, zoom to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. Okay, I guess I did not get caught up on Legends. <laughs> and Jordan mentioned this being a silly episode. And I thought, well, they're all kind of silly. But then getting <laughs> Professor Stein <laughs> and Heatwave, Mick, Mick singing in the control center at NASA was just <laughs> beyond anything I could have ever imagined it being. Everybody Daylight come and me one go home Work all night or a drink a rum Daylight come and me one go home Stack the banana till the morning come Daylight come and me one go home but even before that, when they're like, what, Commander Steele got a job at NASA, you know, they scattered all these JSA guys through time to protect fragments of the spear. It's like, where could he have hidden the spear? The Legion could never get to it. In the flag they're going to plant on the moon. Where else? So we have to get on the shuttle and get to the moon. It's like, that's silly enough. And then to have a, dan- a singing, uh, <laughs> break out into song in NASA. Daylight come and me one go home. (laughs) Sounds like Mick's taking over the show a little bit. Um, Well, Mick, later on, yeah, he kind of did. So after we rescue the piece on the moon, um, and then we go 
Which again, they cause problems for them. What they have is like a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> they have a time machine spaceship. They should never be in a hurry. And hitting the moon should not be that difficult, but <laughs> overly complicated. Somehow it was. So they manage eventually to assemble the Spear of Destiny, which is what we've been trying to do all year. And they figure out the only way to, they, you know, they're trying to protect reality. Um, and if the Legion of Doom gets their hands on the Spear of Destiny, they're going to rewrite history. So the only way we can do that is destroy the Spear of Destiny. But how do we do that? There's only one way, apparently, and you got to get the blood of Christ to use to destroy. Call the Spear Indiana of Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked how, man. yeah, I like, well, they have kind of referenced that too. But I liked how they, they're like, well, I guess we gotta go to the crucifixion. And like, nope, we do not touch that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> like, no one, no time travelers, like, there are parts in history that no time travelers allowed to go to. It's like, we're gonna avoid all that mail. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're not getting sacrilegious with this, so we cannot go to the crucifixion. It Just think great. what Flash could have done with that. What? So, so they actually said, like, no, we're not going there. Yeah. Or just, they just yeah. that's not, right now one of the rules of time travel. Okay. Is that is so I'm important. I'm curious what's on the list. I, that's one of them. Oh, yeah, I want to see that list. So yeah, so they just they figure out that. Um, just think all the ratifications that could happen. So they go seeking out Sir Gawain from the Knights of the Round Table, uh, who apparently didn't come back with the cup of Christ, but a vial of Christ's blood. And they go on the search for that, which ends up in a big epic failure. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, involved J.R.R. Tolkien for some reason. Yeah, I know. What a random... Yeah. <laughs> Well, evidently that's going to reference a lot of the upcoming Flash episode as well. A lot of Tolkien. Have you guys seen all the previews for the next Flash show? Yeah. It's got Vibe and Gypsy and it stars uh, Abracadabra and he's doing his best wizard impression and Vibe's going, you shall not pass or something like that. Oh, nice. That is right. That is referencing J.R. Tolkien. Yes. Yeah. Don't ask if you if you if you think you're right. <laughs> I never that makes know. you less right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So once again, our legends have screwed everything up, and the Spear of Destiny not only falls in the hands of the Legion of Doom, who have went back now, went back in time and got Leonard Snart, Captain Cold. I think if they did nothing at all. It would be fine because the Legion wouldn't be able to find it, but it's because of their screw ups. Right. They keep getting the, the pieces. Yeah, they've done nothing to help themselves. And again, how do you go back and get Snart before he saves the day, or before he joins the Legion, and he, or the Legends? Yeah. But he's what saved all the Legends, so that would immediately right. change the future. Yeah, Continuity would, trap. Yeah, would create Continuity. a paradox. So not only do they get Snart back, and he's now a, a bad guy again. He somehow talks Heatwave into joining them. So now, <laughs> Captain Cold and Heatwave have joined the Legion of Doom. Snarf, snarf. 
and they used the Spare of Destiny, and now we're going to see what happens. And in next week's preview, we see a very familiar that you were talking about. Yes. Hall of Doom. Yes. From the Super Friends. It's not in a swamp, though. No. That's where we are. Lies the headquarters of the most sinister villains of all time. A Legion of Doom. Yeah, actually, that preview is what made me go try to get caught back up. <laughs> so what, yeah. what about the other shows? Well, was we were, there a musical? There was. That's why I. That's the reason why I was talking about that show that I knew nothing about. There was a musical episode that they ended. Were related. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it ended Look at you. at the end of <laughs> Supergirl with uh, Music Meister. Because, again, Supergirl, like we were talking about last week, they had to break up her and Monel for complete arbitrary reasons just to lead into this Flash thing to get them back together. Love does conquer all. Which I heard the two actors are dating. Yeah, I saw that too. Which two? Monel and Supergirl. Oh, in real life. In yeah. real life, Ooh. there's some sparks there. <laughs> Spark it up. <laughs> Did you just like you almost snapped around and everything? <laughs> so it, le- it led to kind of like a Glee reunion because Supergirl, Flash, and the Music Meister were all on Glee at one point in time. Except for this time, the Music Meister guy was the villain. And Grant Gustin got to be the hero. Where on Glee, it was the other way around. So was it good? What happened? Yeah, it was. It was fine. I actually, I it. It, yeah. it had a great Super <laughs> Friends number that was I thought was comical. Super Friends song. Yeah, yeah. I saw that Rachel Bloom from My Crazy Ex Girlfriend, the musical show on CW, actually wrote that song. And it said some people who were involved in La La Land wrote. The song at the end, the love song, Barry yeah. sang. So Which after they had, some, yeah, they had some talent behind behind all this. After that episode, I sat my wife down and I sang that Flash song to her. Was, <laughs> oh my god! You guys oh, think in your Flash underwears? <laughs> yes. You think I? You think I'm kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Arrow, Arrow, Arrow! I'm the only one watching Arrow. <laughs> yep. It's dark and disturbing. It is like... Really? Like, they tried to go lighter heart with, like, Team Green, and fans weren't into it, and now it's, like, going back to its deep, dark roots of showing what a killer the Arrow was. We've got Prometheus, like, finally showed his true colors. All the storylines are coming together. And he basically destroys poor Ollie at the end of the episode, where Ollie shows back up, at the Arrow Cave and tells the team that he's done. He doesn't want to be the Arrow anymore. Ooh. I'm sorry, he doesn't want to be the Green Arrow anymore. Well, I had seen where Felicity next week in the altered universe from the Spear of Destiny, Destiny on Legends has a superhero outfit. She's, and like, you have my attention. She's got She's got the black mask and like a purple hooded trench coat on. Spoiler? Like the uh, character yeah, spoiler, not yeah, a spoiler. Right. <laughs> I knew where you were going. So Legend is going to affect the whole... It's going to affect the entire CW universe. Oh, wow. Ooh. But not Supergirl because she's in a parallel universe? Mm, I do know. 
<laughs> what about Riverdale? Don't mess with Riverdale. <laughs> is, that even, is that back on yet? No, Not yet. No. So what you talking about? No. It's killing my daughter. <laughs> my wife's hooked on that too. Every week she's checked. I said, nope. I think it's another week. <laughs> nope. I'll sing you a song. <laughs> Let me get my underoos. <laughs> Is that it? For those shows. Okay. Yep. Well, I, I did want to say again, I mentioned Baskets before, that Zach Galifianakis show mm-hmm. on FX, I'm pretty sure. The um, season finale was this this week, this past week, and it was good. You know, still want to recommend if anybody gets a chance to watch that. Louis Anderson is great. Louis Anderson is really it just, good. It's just, it's a good show. It's very funny. There's, I mean, there are episodes here and there that you're, that you're like, eh, but those you watch while you're on your phone. But <laughs> the finale was really good, and I just, I cannot get enough of Louis Anderson playing a mom. <laughs> He's just so, he just, all the mom tropes he is doing. It's you hilarious. saw him live too, didn't you? No. No? No? I'm curious though, let's follow this, it? let's follow this <laughs> lead. Did you just say? Where did you think I Louis saw Anderson. Louis Anderson? Well, was it Lonnie Anderson? <laughs> WK. <laughs> no. All right, uh, no. Okay. Uh, Jordan had said before something. Who'd like you go he, see? He watched couple, something. Who'd you go uh, see a couple years ago? Louis Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah okay. I saw him. Oh, yeah. Not yes. The, not the same guy. Yep. Score another one. Yes. Right back. We're back on. Good enough. Um. <laughs> Uh, movies. Save Martha. Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Zod. Under root. Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence, or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> Wait, sticking with like comic book stuff, they they keep getting new cables. We get a new cable every week for Deadpool. I can't wait to see who we um, get next. I, I heard Brad Pitt now. You know, well, they said Brad Pitt was uh, had thought about ta- taking the role. Oh, wow. like he was just if he wanted it, he wow. was just going to take it. Which that does not sound right at all. <laughs> anyway, we had it. Uh, Stephen Lang, um, Pierce Brosnan, David Harbour, that sheriff from Stranger Things, Russell Crowe, and now we have Michael Shannon. Is when we were, you know, we like Michael Shannon. He's, yeah, I could be down for Michael. Yeah, Shannon I would. I would sure. be on board with that. So we'll see. It won't last. It's we we may get to Kira Knightley, which he alluded to in the end of the movie. You know. I just have a hard time, like, thinking, like, that's got to be, like, a big, muscular dude playing Cable, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm sure they'll make it work. tall, but he's not big, but they could put, you know, what he was, Zod. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because Ryan Reynolds isn't the skinniest guy, you know, so, so whoever's teamed up with him has to be, you know, taller and yeah. wider, just visually looking. Yeah, who knows how far they'll go here. I saw something about they were going to make uh, Black Cat and Silver Sable movies. Uh, I heard movies, so I don't know whether that's it. I watched that Life trailer, and I could see how that could be the Venom symbiote. Oh, Life? Life, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it definitely that. has some. Sim- when I saw it, I, I was like, hey, I, I'll believe this rumor for this oh, yeah. week. But I saw a uh, review of Life posted online today, and the headline said, Life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not getting very good reviews. I was going to go watch it, but I'm not because of the reviews. I can wait. I love a, I love a space sci-fi, but I'm not going to run, run to the theater and Save unless... that money for the Silver Sable movie. Yeah, exactly. Who is Silver Sable? Uh, D-list Spider-Man, sometimes ally, sometimes See, villain. Spider-Man either has a hot with someone with red hair or silver hair. Especially when it comes to his villains. He likes his villains with white to silver hair. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, she is the some uh, like she's whatever the daughter of the, the daughter of either the king or somebody of this uh, this fictional nation, and so she's also like a mercenary. And I don't know, they've changed her origin a couple times. I'm sure. But she had a group of like called the Six Pack or Wild Pack or something like yeah. that. Well, speaking of spiders, the. Gr- itsy bitsy spider. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Did you see that movie? Uh, mm-hmm. no. David Fincher. You never saw it. Mm-hmm. No. Wow. I watched part of the Swedish version. Okay. Yeah, that was on Netflix for a long wow. time. But anyway, famous book. It's a big Fincher movie several years ago uh, with Rooney Mara and Daniel Craig. And anyway, they're finally going to make the sequel. The girl in the spider's web, and it's not gonna have anybody. <laughs> They're gonna have new <laughs> cast, new actors, new director, everything. I just saw it'll be up next year, late next year. Michael, explain to everyone what an ARG is. ARG. You, you, I could see you know what this is. You don't. You have that blank look on your face. Alternate reality game. What is? Oh, alternate. Well, alternate reality game would be where, like, you go in the like it's a game set in the past. Where things have been different. Are like, you just one of your made up things? <laughs> well, alternate reality. <laughs> you had that look on your face, like, oh, this is I'm naming a movie. I was really asking but, you. No, if you I've, knew what, what it was. I, I've seen where they've done documentaries, like if something went completely different, like in the Civil no, War okay, or World War II, or alternate reality game, or I, they is where I've you also on, heard augmented reality. Yeah, that I, where you have mm-hmm. goggles or some kind of glasses. No, no. Go on, man. <laughs> Where it basically turns your surroundings into a virtual game. reality. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I I just thought maybe you would. It, it, I'm talking about more of the like interactive multimedia things that they've been doing for for years, going along with movies and TV shows oh. like Lost and things. It's a. I mean. I, I would have had somebody tell me what it is too. I'm not. I'm completely yeah. off base here. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking but about. But I know though, what you're. Yeah. Where there's, I did wear goggles when I watched Lost. Though. Yeah. There's a documentary about a game like that that went on that no one knew what was really going on that lasted for years that they thought like it was a massive like art War of the Worlds type thing. You know it, that that was like that's the original. Uh, alternate reality game, you know, people really thought that we were under attack from listening to this radio show, but there are tons of them out there. I've, I've recently heard about one called the black tapes. I, like you listen to that. Yes. Uh, not, you, you have listened to that? I've listened to every episode. Well, that's what that, yeah. that's the, an alternate reality, you know, story, you know, yeah. that's, 
a type of the thing. But like I said, Westworld, when we were doing Westworld, you could, I could go on the website and book my trip and we, I found out clues there about the show or, you know, I could, um, go, I, I forget. Well, like after the finale, we found out clues about what happened to certain people and things and, and then, um, like the band, um, Gorillas, they had like a, uh, interactive website that it was kind of like an augmented reality where everything in the the room led to other clues on yeah. other websites. It's and, a, it's a way of promoting, it, getting people involved with with things that there's like all kinds. Every it's in everything now. I just think people don't really talk about it much, but it, it's it's a thing. It's a way to promote things now, and people are doing it. But anyway, I was they're do, kind of doing that with the seems like with the Cloverfield universe. And I was reading about, um, there was a movie that they announced going to be called Overlord for, by Bad Robot, which is 10 Cloverfield. And then it says it's a, making people think that it might have something to do with that Cloverfield universe. Um, the description was on the eve of D-Day, American paratroopers are dropped behind enemy lines to carry out a mission crucial to the invasion's success. But as they approach their target, they begin to realize there is more going on in this Nazi-occupied village than a simple military operation, and they find themselves fighting against supernatural forces, part of a Nazi experiment. With the spare destiny in the bell. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Have you guys uh, heard of the Nazi bell? No, but by all means. The Nazi bell was... <laughs> Actually, it ended up in Pittsburgh during World War II, evidently. Supposedly, the Philadelphia gets the Liberty Bell. Yeah. Pittsburgh deserves, I mean, gets. I, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was in Pittsburgh or so, somewhere. Look it up on, look it online about the Nazi Bell. I try not to Google Nazi any more than necessary. <laughs> but, there, there's a producer involved that was involved with Cloverfield. So anyway, people watch all this stuff and try to connect the dots. Um, but there was a there was a lot of things tied together between Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield, like they shared a couple of common elements. There was a drink brand called Slusho was in both movies, and references to Tagruato, a Japanese deep sea drilling company. So there were, there's our connection to Japanese, and Tagruato is the parent company of both Slusho and the where the character Rob works for. In Cloverfield. And Bold Futura, a tech company that John Goodman's character Howard used to work for in 10 Cloverfield Lane before he built his bunker. And you only see, like, this is where this interactive things, where people catch these little clues and things, but like there's, on one envelope in Cloverfield, there's a, this Bold Futura thing on the envelope. It's just, we had, anyway, they were trying to connect the dots and see if this really is part of that knee. There was a movie called God Particle on the slate for this February, which was a, which was a space movie. Let me see. Yeah, it was a crew members aboard a space station who find themselves alone after a scientific experiment causes Earth to apparently disappear when another space shuttle appears. The space station crew must determine if those aboard are friendly or enemies. And it was sla it's again by the same people. And then they took it off the slate we had reported, and it's no longer anywhere, but there's an unnamed, untitled Cloverfield movie supposed to be in October of this year, which everybody thinks is going to be God Particle. 
anyway, they're saying it's there's also going to be this overlord, and they were connecting the Japanese company was supposedly founded at the in 1945, which could be at the end of this overlord movie. Yeah, it depends how much you want to believe in connecting the dots, but in this company, it's their fault of messing with alien probably, technology yeah. that drew on these alien creatures from Cloverfield Lane and the big guns. Yeah, I don't know how big. The thing is, it's like some of the actors, though, well, actors uh, in, I think it was God Particle, one of the actors, like, no, this doesn't have anything to do with that. But these things that tie them together, it's very easy to think that this, these actors don't even have any idea that they are involved in yeah, something like that. They don't even know they're in a franchise. Yeah. Right, yeah. because it's so loosely tied together. Anyway, I just thought that was neat. I like to I look into those alternate reality games nick uh, my son used to do that there was the 39 clues and there was these books and you would like have to go out it was almost like Mm -hmm. pokemon yeah before that technology but you would have to go out and like geocache type find places to find clues and just a lot of interactive media anything else movies a couple of those trailers that's come out oh yeah what What'd you say? Uh, that Wilson trailer with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I, I <laughs> were texting. I said, I, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's the guy that Ghost, Ghost World. Ghost World, and uh, I didn't know whether you had heard of this. Yeah, Wilson. Dan, Dan Klaus, he, he publishes a book every couple of years, basically, just full graphic novels, and they're always very artsy like that. But yeah, the, the trailer looked very funny, a very antisocial kind of guy who, that doesn't have any kind of filter on his mouth. And Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, yeah. Some um, of my favorite comedies the last few years have been from the Fox Searchlight production. They're just... I know they're always kind of independent films, but they there's usually a star you, you're very familiar with mm-hmm. or two in these movies that, I mean, they're just great stories. Yeah, it was him and Laura Dern as the... Uh, I, they must have dated or were married years and years ago, and they mm-hmm. apparently have a daughter they didn't know about, or one of them didn't know about. Yeah. Well, I hope she knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> one of them knew about they it. Yeah, baby didn't even know. And that other trailer, the Three Billboards. Yeah, was I the sent name that of that? To you. Yeah, I can't remember the whole name of it. Three Francis Billboards McDormand. outside of somewhere yeah. Missouri, or like that. That looks like the best movie. Yeah. That's why I, I was like, you guys have to see this trailer. It was like, it looks so good. That is Francis McDormand gonna win an Oscar, yeah. you know, next year. I, I, sorry, I can't remember the name of it. I've just randomly saw it and forwarded it. I was like, this is, this is something. Yeah. This is gonna be good. Uh, yeah, she, what, her daughter was kidnapped or something, her daughter was missing or murdered. I don't remember. Right. And again, Woody Harrelson. Woody is Harrelson. And that played the show. He's everything these Small days. town, you know, the crime was never solved. So she takes out three billboards on this stretch of highway that say, you know, you know, hey chief, whatever his name is, like why haven't you found my daughter? Yeah, and it causes a media stir, and again, her just having no filter and yeah, <laughs> saying watch, whatever if, she if wants. If you look to it say. up, watch the Red Band trailer. Yes, it's it's a very, the- very, very R-rated trailer. Yes. Yes, definitely good stuff. But I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah, I didn't catch when it's supposed to come out, but I'll let you know when I see. It'll never be out around here, I'm sure, but we'll, we'll watch it at home. <laughs> I saw uh, Robert Rodriguez is uh, tapped on to direct the new, the reboot of Escape from New York. 
Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's happening. I can get behind that. Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. I have some Star Wars news. I bet. Don't I bet. I bet, I bet you got some Bob Iger Star Wars news. Disney CEO Bob Iger <laughs> has confirmed. You need to you need to tweet Bob Iger and see if he'll oh, share your do thing. that. We he'll be in the room with Trump. He'll be in the room with Trump. Have you seen this video? <laughs> These guys mention me an awful lot. I, I don't know. And then you hear Pearl Mother. <laughs> the black helicopters approach silently. He hovers over to that side of the room. <laughs> So Bob has confirmed that Carrie Fisher's death will not affect the story in Star Wars The Last Jedi. At least in that one. At least in that one. Iger said that when we bought Lucasfilm, we were going to make three films, episode seven, eight, nine. Um, we had to deal with the tragedy, with tragedy at the end of 2016. Carrie appears throughout episode eight. We are not changing episode eight to deal with her passing. Her her performance remains as it is in eight. In Rogue One, we had some digital character. We are not doing that with Carrie, which we already knew. Um, Iger expressed that Disney is still trying to determine what the series' future looks like, and he said that they're starting to talk about what could happen after episode nine. Um, about what could be another decade and a half of Star Wars stories. So that's that. So Carrie Fisher's passing not going to affect the story, at least in the next movie. They haven't changed anything. So it sounds like they have figured out some kind of workaround for nine, at least yeah, I guess. right now. Or they're just not worrying about it. Yeah. And then speaking of Woody Harrelson, um, <laughs> <laughs> we need to drop for, for yeah. Woody Harrelson news. Yeah, Woody Harrelson news. Uh, he dropped that his character's name is Beckett in the new Han Solo project. Is that anybody from a cartoon you watch? No. Okay. Um, so this is the mentorish role for Han Solo. And then Bob Iger confirmed, uh, key plot points for the new Han Solo, uh, project. which you could, it, it, which we could drag in anyone off the street right now and say, what things do you think you're going to find out in the Han Solo movie? Yeah. And that wasn't, that wasn't, we know he's going to meet Chewbacca. We know he's going to somehow win the Millennium Falcon. We're going to see that. Right. The interesting thing to me was the part where Bob said the movie is going to cover Han Solo from ages 18 to 24. Okay. What are we going to find out? What, what his real name is. What Han Solo's real name is? Yeah. What's his real name? Cause he get, it's, that's, the news I read was that he gets the name Han Solo. Oh. And like, and so, Michael, what was Han Solo's f- first name? What was he really? What, what, or before he became Han Solo, what was his name? Dan. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Go on. Dan. Dan Dan. <laughs> the ship flying man. <laughs> is that, is that, that any relation to Ray Ray? <laughs> In this barbecue place. Uh, okay. Yeah, your chance. <laughs> go, go on. 
Oh, gosh. Uh, Dana. <laughs> yeah, so that was the interesting point to me, was that we're gonna, it's gonna span six years of his life. Yeah. So I'm not sure how they're gonna do that. I want it to play out like Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> Why 2? Because it's way better than 1. <laughs> I don't okay. Know. First name is Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Ferguson. The spaceship pulling over next side, another spaceship, and there's two Hollies out there trying to fix it. They're going to call it the Kessel Run. Yep. Oh man, you're good. Oh, that wouldn't that be a great Star Wars movie? <laughs> the Kessel of Star Wars Kessel Run and Kessel it's just Run Two. <laughs> they just lift the plot from Cannonball. Yeah, right? they just put T tops on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Kessel Run too. You know I'll make a picture. Of <laughs> Somehow that. Jackie Chan's in there. Yeah. Oh, oh Lord. Uh, like it happen. Chan, now we got to put Jackie Chan in the picture. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and then the last thing I had. I know you guys don't watch Star Wars Rebels. This what? is so funny. Like you talk about Star Wars Rebel, and I was watching it before you were. And I was okay. telling you that you oh, need to watch. You're not watching it now. You, he's a hater. He's a, I had it first. This is my Walking Dead. I don't have no. Disney XD. Okay. Well, the season season finale happened, and everybody's been waiting on this confrontation fight between Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> One and of us has been waiting on it. <laughs> in the Star Wars yeah. community. Everybody, everybody over wanted. There. <laughs> Everybody wants to see... Yeah, but you told me what happened, and I said I saw that in a movie. Well, you know what? That was my reaction, too. I was like, why are we doing this again? Like, I, I, I've i already seen that. We, You know, we've seen right. the, the lightsabers and probably one of the best lightsaber battles ever. Yeah. Now, Darth Maul's days, did, is the lower half of him cybernetic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or they just glue him back together? Well, it was... Cu- it's a continuation of the Clone Wars story. Okay. Like, they brought him back in Clone Wars, and he had there for a while, like, he had, like, spider legs. Metal spider Yeah, okay. Legs. I thought I dreamt okay. that, but yeah. No. <laughs> it's an alternate reality. Um, but now he just, they, he looks like he did before, okay? Okay. How was that other David Fincher movie? Like, yeah. The guy but, with the spider leg. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is Ezra, who is our main character on Rebels, he's now training to be a Jedi. Um, sort of, but he's been tempted by Maul this whole season and fighting to not fall to the dark side, but he keeps playing with the dark side. Anyways, Ezra steals the ship. You'll fuck your eye out. Yeah. Ezra steals the ship to go to Tatooine and because he's seeking out Obi-Wan to warn him that Darth Maul is coming for him and knows he's alive. Okay. That's our, our, our main, uh, objective. So he ends up with Chopper in the Tatooine Desert, and Obi-Wan finds him. Um, he wakes up, Ezra wakes up, because he's had to deal with sandstorms and all this stuff. And Ezra tells Kenobi that Maul's, you know, coming to get you, basically. And this is like older, gray-haired Obi-Wan. This is, yeah, this is our first look at the in-between younger Clone Wars Obi-Wan or Sith um, Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan and A New Hope. And how far in between? So obviously this is supposed to be a lot closer to A New Hope. Than- yes. We're about, I think they estimate two years before A New Hope. Okay. Okay. Because Ezra is the same age as Luke and Leia. And we've we've already seen a younger version of Leia in the series. Yeah. Um so, he warns 
Obi-Wan that Maul's coming for him. And about that, right at that time, Maul, sh- Maul shows up at his little fire. And he tells Ezra, you know, you need, Maul is using you to help him find me because he knew you would seek me out and, and all this. Obi-Wan knows the whole thing. Obi-Wan can sense through the force that Maul's there the same way that Vader could sense Obi-Wan was there in A New Hope on the Death Star. Okay. So I thought, man, we're going to have this epic fight, lightsabers again, Maul versus Obi-Wan. And the first time I watched it, I couldn't have been more disappointed. <laughs> there is, like, no fight at all. Maul... For the second time in Maul's life. Yeah. More or less, Obi-Wan says, I'm not going to fight. I have no intention of fighting you. It's not going to happen. Does he pull a Miyagi on him? Well, well Maul... He in front of a car door. And <laughs> Maul punches through the glass. <laughs> Maul figures out very quickly that why Obi... He's like, why are you here on this, you know, do-nothing planet? Um... You can't just be hiding. Oh, Why you're protecting something. To this place. Not simply to hide. Oh, you have a purpose here. Perhaps you are protecting something. No. Protecting someone. Or someone. Uh oh. As soon as he mentions Luke, Obi-Wan fires up that lightsaber. Darth Maul. Fires up his two-bladed one, and One stroke rips right through his, Maul's lightsaber and into Maul, into his chest and kills him. That's the entire fight. And I was like, disappointment city. <laughs> you don't get much more of a fight between him and Darth Vader. I mean, in Star Wars, really. Well, you know what? That's exactly the second time I watched it. That was the conclusion I came to. I was like, this isn't... This is an efficient Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is. It's a, It's more, and if you watch his move, it's more like a samurai move. Hmm. Like, he doesn't waste any energy. It's just one swipe. He Maul comes at him with the exact same move he killed Qui-Gon. Hmm. He does a little spin, and when he takes his blade to hit Obi-Wan in the face, hmm. and then stab him through the be- belly, Obi-Wan's ready for it and just slices right through That's it. That's a good idea. Him. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's um, like, yeah the classic like, samurai movie you know, mm-hmm. where they would have the gunfight out in the street. You know, it'd be two swordsmen, you know, staring each other down, and you know they each get one move. And, right. You know, one of them lives, one of them dies. Yeah. So I instantly went. Be able to know, you know, he's like, I know his move. That's right. right. Yeah. I know, and I have the, I've got the crane kick ready. <laughs> So I finish him. Put a body bag. <laughs> so I instantly yeah, Jar Jar comes out. I was like, "Oh, a body bag." Do back gives him a nod. <laughs> You're ready. So I instantly went from total disappointment city to this is awesome. Yeah. 
Cool. So Darth Maul falls into Obi-Wan's arms very romantically. Wow. And Darth Maul says... Is he the chosen one? Is he the chosen one? Because... Right? And Anakin's Obi- the chosen one. Uh, Obi-Wan says... He is. Yes. Oh, man. So now Luke's the chosen one. So Luke, officially, <laughs> the chosen one. Not Vader. Not Anakin. It's canon. Disney canon now. <laughs> yeah. Luke is the chosen one. And then in our next... After that happens, our next scene to... Finish off the season. We see Obi Wan on a dewback, all badass, riding, watching the Lars homestead from a distance, and we hear Aunt Beru, and it's Aunt Beru from A New Hope, yell out, "Luke!" And you see a little figure running towards yeah. the farm. And that's how we end. Wow. Spilling milk everywhere, blue milk everywhere. Well, has that ever been confirmed anywhere that that's why Obi Wan was there? Oh, on, yeah. the, on that planet. I thought so. I mean, I mean it was just assumed. We, we all kind of infer it, but was yeah. it, has it ever been? If it w- hasn't been, it this, was. This now. doesn't? Okay. Yeah, this mm. definitively says. Yeah, he was there to protect him. Yeah. yeah. He was, you know, 15, 16, 18, 18 years, that's what he was doing. That's pretty awesome, but I, only, I have to think, I would like to see that in like a movie form. You know, all these movies coming coming out, that actually sounds like a good... Rebels is... I'm telling you guys, Rebels is really good. It has... There are... Well, I like it when there's of, things like that. It just sounds like there's a lot of stuff that they're just... They've created their own stories in, in there. It ties in very nicely. Okay. There's a lot of familiar characters. How many seasons has there been? This was the end of the... Third, and they have confirmed a fourth. Okay. And then on the fifth season, they're going to go to two D, and it's going to be lighthearted and <laughs> yeah, the reboot. Yeah. yeah so, so how long until they say we watch something and someone says that Ray's the chosen one? I don't know. Obi Wan. I only trust. I mean, you can't Obi-Wan. just keep changing. Your, who? Well, who was it that said that? Well, we have can... a senile Kenobi. Obi Wan said. Obi Wan. Remember in Revenge of the Sith, yeah. he said, "You're, You're the, chosen the chosen one." one. Yeah. So <laughs> that was just a, like that. That was a really great uh, Ewan McGregor. I'm a kid. You are the chosen one. <laughs> so I thought it was pretty cool myself. Yeah. I. I it took me a couple times to watch it, but yeah, if you haven't seen it, well, if he's the one that said it. Then I'm just thinking about that. You know that he's he's changed it totally. He's saying if he's the yeah. one correcting himself, then he knows more. Well, he can be old and senile in the next one when he's talking to Ray, and he can go, "You are the chosen one." Have you seen Star Wars? <laughs> he's married to Archie Bunker yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, keep, it keeps uh, transforming this whole impression. Um, yeah, I don't think that Ray's going to be talking to me. Unless it's no. in some sort of holographic form. Yeah. So, hmm. so next oh, season will be... Oh, he's dead! Right. <laughs> next season... Maybe he's probably... talking to her through the Force. Well, what do you think possibly. I just said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to match up. You know, he's a force you match ghost. You are the chosen one! <laughs> yeah, match it up to where he's Keep on the same that. page as us. <laughs> Keep doing that. So next season of Rebels will probably, will lead us, will be the final year up to Rogue One, in which we see 
Hera and the ghost in Rogue One. Um, and Dave Filoni, the showrunner, has said there's a good chance we could see the battle of um, Scarif from Rogue One. Yeah. Big battle at the end. We, we may see that, actually see that battle again. From through, their point of view. From the point That's of view neat. of the ghost crew. And you'll see somebody, one of them running around in the background. Yeah. You see, like, I, there's I think pins in that jacket. <laughs> that's all Star Wars I got. That's it, man. For the week. Anybody got anything else? I'm exhausted. Okay. Roll that screaming. <laughs> that's it then. So you're going to, if you're still listening, you know, we're going to have a post this week. You may have seen it by now. Share the post about the t-shirt. And you could win. This is to celebrate our 50th episode. Win a free t-shirt. And if you don't get one, buy one. one. Go out, buy one. <laughs> you'll, you'll feel like you gotta be known as a big Jesse. I kind of feel like after last, last week's episode, we're letting them down a little bit because we only have t-shirts and no cod pieces. <laughs> yeah, really, that's there, next. That's the hundredth episode. That's the two year anniversary. <laughs> you get cod pieces with flip up microphones. They're currently in R&D right now. <laughs> I don't want to be involved in the research and development of cod pieces. That's for when you're in your living room singing the Flash and get the cod piece on. <laughs> yeah, so oh. yeah, we've been at this a while and we couldn't do it without you out there. So why don't you like to that sound genuine? Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't found a way to do it without you. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening. If you're a new listener. Welcome aboard. If you're a long-time listener, we love you. If you're never going to listen after this, who needs you? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye forever. (laughs) And as always, I remain (laughs) alive. That's it. It's okay. (laughs) Good enough. Good enough. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.